Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. His last heartbeat. And number one, he was he 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 was beautiful. I mean, it was just he looked so gorgeous. <laughs> Tyler, my son doesn't look gorgeous yet. What the fuck? I've given him like a thousand baths. He never looks gorgeous. I, I actually thought for a minute. I said, "Is my son a vampire? Like, is he glamming me?" <laughs> <laughs> I think glamming makes someone swoon. I think glamming is like trying to hit, like seduce someone. Is my dead son seducing me? Is what I'm hearing from this sick fucking weirdo. Is about to die. Mm. And when my my wife and I were um, standing over my son, and um, <laughs> what would you think, Tyler, standing over your lifeless son? I would think, Jesus Christ, I really let this happen. Why did I even have kids to begin with? I fucked up as a parent. I would give him CPR one more time. Tyler, you're always going to keep trying. You're just going to get in there. Get him in your mouth and get this guy another chance at life. Let's see what Kevin Ash does. He took his, his, his last heartbeat. Um, I just, we were just, 
And number one, he was he 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 was beautiful. I mean, it was just he looked so gorgeous. Yeah. You looked gorgeous, Tyler. Dead? I'm so confused. You looked twice. <laughs> God damn it, Tyler! I did it again. All right, you're an end lover. What was the other one? Black Lives Matter, but your kids don't. Let's just make sure that's the whole thing. Let's see what else he said. Oh, shit in your kid's casket. Oh, shit in your kid's casket. <laughs> oh, oh, that's my favorite part. We should... Welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV. I want to apologize again as I had to open up with that piece of crap, Sputnik cancer face. I'm sorry, Daniela. I'm not going to let this one go with this clown. I can't. I can't. I'll put a, I'll put a hex on him. We need more than a hex. We need more than a hex. He reached out I'll to you, right? He reached He reached out to you, didn't he? He did. And what did he say? He said I came to his defense. I don't think I came to his defense. I just think that I gave what I knew personally outside of that big face fucking that that's just still disgusting. And I gave him, I gave him a piece of my mind, like, dude, you're, I, I can't even fathom speaking to you. Like, you're just, mm, no, 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 no. I don't know. He, he, so I got he, my blue look. he wrote, he wrote the website and he said that, uh, not him, I guess one of his stoolies. Um, and he said that he wanted to box me like that. Like, oh, I want to me- box you. He told me that I need to get a fight between you two. But I feel that I'm his weight class, height, and everything. So I feel like I should be the one to take him on. Well, that might be the case. But I just want to measure something out. So hold on. So he, let's see if he really knows what he's getting. Because I think he called me the fat guy, right? Like, I'll tell fat Yeah, in the right? message yeah. to me, he, right. called, he so, called you the fat guy. So hold on. Let's check it out. I got to go to the other side. Let's see <laughs> if fat... Sputnik really wants a piece. I don't think so. I don't think he knows what's really happening Get to this your old tickets, man. Ladies, to the gun show. That's it, baby. You know, listen. I try not to show it off, but when I have to, I have to. This old man will crush Sputnik cancer face. But anyway, that lump in your that lump in your your arm is like that bald head of his. Like it's just, like, <laughs> it's just there. <laughs> We I can't de- believe though he really he really said I was defending him. That kind of pissed me off. I was like, no. Well, no. listen, there's a little point play. where you played a little Switzerland there. You did. 
It's okay. I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. You're a, peace, you're a peaceful young lady. And in some discussions, we noticed that uh, your nails are real, which is good. So maybe you can show everybody they your nails. They are. These are my nails. Jimmy was supposed to join us today. He's saying has, he's having a link problem. So I got to see what's going on there. Uh, if you could appease me, my co-host, uh, my, yes, my niece... Love out there her name is dana dana is doing a walk for her grandmother it's uh it's a walk for alzheimer's um so i'm asking the monty and the Faro family if you will put the link up if you're willing to donate towards that walk that would be fan no crying daniella no crying there's no crying here we're asking you please to help support the elimination of Alzheimer's, because God knows we don't want to forget anything, right? Was that no pun intended? <laughs> <laughs> this we're doing it for Nana, all right? But again, if if anyone could reach into their pockets and donate, that would be wonderful. Um, I'm very excited Make for sure our guest. What's that? Send me that link so I could post it too. You got it, boss. Uh, very excited for our guest tonight. I'm bringing on another pro wrestling legend, uh, Buff Bagwell. He'll be in. Um, yeah. Woo! It's hot. It's hot here. Look out. <laughs> Buff. He's got the stuff. We're going to weigh in on, and maybe Buff will weigh in on uh, Sputnik and, and weigh in on his thoughts. But first, Suzanne Summers dies of breast cancer. Suzanne Summers' death at age 76 on October 15th was caused by breast cancer. In 2000, Summers, who became famous for her roles in Three's Company and Step by Step. Thighmaster! And Thighmaster! Well done! Thighmaster! Um, she succur uh, succumbed to it. breast cancer. Um, thoughts on Suzanne Summers? Uh, one, amazing thighs. <laughs> she was amazing. <laughs> No, but honestly, I, I definitely like that. That's one of those, like, she's an iconic face. Like, she wasn't, uh, granted, she's not my generation, but I do remember her. I remember grabbing my mom's thigh mask, and I'm like, what the hell is this thing? Like, this is like, it looked like, like a little noodle just strapped together, and you're just trying as a kid to just, like, I can't grip it. Like, but no, I definitely, that's, that's honestly, it's so sad. It's breast cancer of all things. Like, the woman killer. Like, what the you know, I got to tell you, being a little bit older than you, it's Suzanne Summers known for Three's Company, but to my co-host, she's just known for Thighmaster. That's kind of uh, rough. Come and knock on my door. <laughs> oh, there you go. Look at that. Wow. I watch Nick at night. Don't try me. <laughs> Burt Young, Rocky star. This is, uh, I guess, a day of death, my friend, uh, who brought depth into the substance of tough guy roles, dies at 83. Uh, he played Paulie in Rocky. Thoughts on Burt Young passing away? No. That's like, one, that's actually kind of really young. Some of these celebrities are like, they're dying older than that. And now it's like, shoot. Oh. He, was 80, he was 83. Well, okay, how old was Sean Connery when Sean Connery passed? Shit, I don't know. I think like 70-something, right? No, older than that. He's I older know. than Rocky movies. Abe, Abe will pull it out. He'll yell me the number. 
Abe, we need to know how old Sean Connery is. Because I'm telling you, that's actually, 83 sounds kind of young for, like, the celebrity deaths. Like, especially recently, like, the last couple years. So that's kind of young. Fucking 83 is pretty old, dude. I, I mean, I think you lived a pretty solid life at 83. Sean Connery died at 90 years old. 90. Told you! Damn, you got it, girl. Wow. I'm telling you. That's actually, 83 is, like, young for celebrity death. Like, yeah, but, that's, D, that's Sean Connery was in 10 times the shape of Burt Young. I mean, Burt Young was a smoker, drinker, you know. <laughs> they always say the degenerates live longer. <laughs> wow. I know somebody's going to Let me drink my wine. <laughs> All right, very important here. Easy jet flight is canceled after someone fouls up the place amid delays. Absolute chaos, says a passenger. The clip started in the middle of a pilot's speech. He can be heard saying that everyone apparently found it rather exciting to defecate in front of the toilet than not staying right where he belonged. We now got everyone off the plane and organize everybody to get hotel rooms until we fumigate the plane. Thoughts on saying someone taking a giant dump on the floor on a flight? So I was like scared to queef on a plane once. Why? Because sometimes it sounds like flagellation, so it's like it could be mistaken. Like I passed gas, like no, my pussy farted. Like completely different. But like, damn, you just put that person on blast. Yes, I said queef. I said queef. I queef, and I'm proud of it. You know what? I got to be honest. I haven't heard the word queef in quite a quite a day. Quite a day. Well, Woman queefs on life. plane. <laughs> that would be me. I would be that. There's something outside. Like we got a big announcement. I just found out. You'll be joining me in studio in New York on November 11th. So on November 11th, Monty and Faro are going to the big event during the day. And then we'll be interviewing Paul London, cheerleader Melissa. I haven't updated it yet, but Pat Tanaka and uh, Paul Diamond. I forget the name of that team. Maybe Buff could remind me who it was. And uh, we're going to have an all-night-long interview with you sitting at the table. Abe, are you excited to meet Daniela in person? Of course. Who wouldn't be? Totally sh shit face. <laughs> we'll have plenty of good effing wine for you here, so we'll be in good shape. And maybe Jimmy will find his way up here, and it'll be the three of us sitting at the dais. Crazy times. That, that would actually be kind of awesome. It would be awesome. I don't know where he is now. He must be having computer problems. I have no idea. I know. And, like, I got all, like, like, like witchy. Like, I was like, oh, he's going to appreciate the Halloween spirit. So you, like, you dress up for Jimmy, but you don't dress up for me? I dress up in my PJs for you. Oh, Jesus Christ. Man, I feel like a second-class citizen here, man. Gotta tell you. I'm sorry. What would you rather? Horror makeup? Like I look like I'm crying. No, I kinda already. dig you right now. I kinda I, I like I like your gimmick. I like it a lot. I'd like to be, thank it's the band that sings the theme song for Monty DeFaro and Jimmy Farrell, along with his partner, Bart Griggs, make up the band Wisteria Hall. Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as in my dreams, this life not far behind. Here comes the rain. You can find them on the 
Wisteria Hall YouTube page where you hit like and subscribe, Spotify, Apple Music, or Reverb Nation. If you didn't know it, you are watching the world's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro. Catch us under Monty Nefaro YouTube page, Monty Nefaro Facebook Live page. Hear us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, the Monty Nefaro Twitch TV page. And in New York, if you're lucky enough to live in New York, you catch us on Channel 115. They've kind of changed the times and days on us because of our popularity, but I'll just read the script. Channel 115 every Tuesday at 9.30 p.m. and Saturday at 11.30 a.m. And Channel 20 Tuesdays at 7 p.m. If that's not enough, catch us on the Intuitive Network. That's Intuitive. That's I-N-2-I-T-I-V-E Network. It's free. It's got documentaries. It's got movies. It's got comedy. It's got um, music it's videos. Free, it's for me. Yeah, and it's got Daniela head and in charge, Monty and Nefaro. We'll be right back where Daniela gets to meet this icon and friend of the show, Mr. Bub Buff Bagwell. We'll be right back. Mm -hmm. With Buff Bagwell. Sir? Ah. Manscape? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, have you tried the new equipment that's been sent? I'm afraid because it says weed whacker. I'm scared. Maven, Manscaped, what are you thinking about Love Manscaped, it. dude? Love it. it. What do you use it for? Necessity. <laughs> what don't I use it for? Put it this way. <laughs> the only hair <laughs> I have on my entire body is these eyebrows. Yeah. That oh. you see. These wow. caterpillars racing to the middle of my nose. That's it. <laughs> that is it. That's all, that's all I have. And that's all I want. That's the So Manscaped there, is you, a must. We were talking before the show. There's nothing worse than just hair. Yeah. Right? Hair on a woman, hair on a man, it's just bad. Absolutely. And it's the one thing that the older I get, it starts growing more in unwanted areas. Absolutely. I hate it. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh-oh. Just going to go out there. Oh, boy. Go for it. You're doing a deed. Yes. Again, I don't want you to have to admit this because we, as men, we try not to admit this, but if you're going to go uh, do I the know deed it. on a woman, I know would you rather have her be hairless or a little hair racing stripe or <laughs> racing stripe. full retro bush <laughs> racing well, stripe. retro bush is out yes thank you. retro bush is out yeah um i don't mind a small well manicured landing strip <laughs> every now and then if it's completely and i'm talking like baby's ass bald mm. then i i start where is that pedophilia line that yeah. I'm, that I'm, I don't, I don't wow. want to wander into that. That's very interesting. Like that. I never thought about wow. that. You're a smart dude. Holy yeah. shit. So if the landing strip is clean enough for the plane to go in smoothly, you're cool with that. If the landing strip is, has, like I said, well manicured, yeah. you yeah. can see both sides. It's not like blinking lights on both sides of that. I just don't, I don't want, <laughs> you know, I don't want the shrubbery going off into yeah. unwanted areas on that. Gotcha. As well. Oh, yeah, look but, what you found. Ooh. I got to be all gotcha. honest though. Hey. The, ah. The, the older I get, though, I don't. I think I don't think I can be as. Uh, I as, found it. I found have it. Have you ever gone down there and like just like you, she slowly brings down the underwear? Then what is? 
Retro. Just Absolutely. Retro. You're like, whoa. Wow. Yeah, like a 46. Like it pops out? Do you like walk out or what do you do? No, I, try, I muster through. I muster up the <laughs> courage to get through. He's a trooper. Yeah. He's a trooper. <laughs> Got to give him an yeah, not all Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah, I, there you no, go. I, I, <laughs> there listen, you go. Listen, I couldn't say it. Well, if you have the same beliefs as Maven does, Manscaped could help you. Absolutely. The weed whacker. Absolutely. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that I may have to, like, you know, go in a room, close the door, and hang out with the weed whacker for a little while. Yeah, I think you're a retro guy, aren't you? I like 70s adult films, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but with that, Ron we're going to take a quick Batman. commercial break, and we'll be back with this wrestling icon, Maven. We will see you in a dropkick second. A oh. dropkick. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. And we have in the house, it's been a long time. There he is. The man, the Woo! myth, the legend, Buff Bagwell. How are you, sir? What's going on, man? Man, you look good, bro. You look great. Are you wearing that hat for Thank me? You. I like that I hat. I am, see? I like the hat. <laughs> <laughs> I have got so much to talk about. Oh, shit. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Just listen to you. Just listening for 15 minutes, I've got Queef, Link, Kevin Nash, the shit on the airplane, and Manscaped. I could talk about all five of those things for a week. So wait, well, are you going to shave my pussy, give me a ring, and we're going to call it a <laughs> Boy, did that go off the rails. <laughs> Speechless. I mean... First, let's just, I got to call a spade a spade. I don't believe in the word queef. Why? I, I, I never, I, I heard it 30 years ago. I've never heard one, though. I, I never <gasps> seen a girl do one. I, I, I just don't believe I believe You've never it. hit it sure so ever... hard from behind that it locks. Up that air like a fucking thistle vacuum cleaner. Oh, oh you mean? But and see, then after but see, you pull out, you hear. <laughs> but hold on! But hold on! But hold on! You said on an airplane. How the hell did that happen on an airplane? No, I said I'd be that. I I I creeped on an airplane thinking so. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> sexual, absolutely sexual. A queef, I get. You said sitting on an airplane. I got a big ass that sucks up a lot of air, okay? <laughs> God bless it. Oh, my God. So, yes, Queef, after the doggy-style position, absolutely. But I've never heard it on an airplane. I did a you can shift the wrong way accidentally. I don't know, man. That's, uh, I, I never heard that one. But, but again, okay, it's been a while, though. I'm with... I'm with Big Man. I just hadn't heard Queef in a long time. It's uh, it's been a while, but no. uh, but but I, but I'm all about anything. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing Buff, back I, Buff, I was saying the same exact thing. I haven't heard Queef in like 25 years. You never hear that. It's, term. it's been at least 20 years. Who wants yeah. to say pussy fart? <laughs> I don't think I've ever okay, heard okay, pussy yeah. fart in in ever like ever. It's, it's, it's been a decade on pussy fart. All right, let me get this back on the rails. By the way, Buff, this is my new partner in crime, Miss Daniela Petro. Daniela Petro, the great Buff Bagwell. Hello, everybody. He got bad in the game. That's all I like. 
Hello, hello. I like it. I like it. I like hey, that but, line. But let me ask the next question right quick. Kit, what was the Kevin Nash thing I just witnessed? All right, so let's go let's go through this real quick and I, I want you to weigh in. So okay. since Danielle has joined the show, she kinda brought you know, we were talking about different shows and shit like that. And she started discussing this one guy. And I went and looked him up and I catch this video. And I only took a snippet of it, Buff, right? Because I don't think, and I'm being honest here, I don't think I've ever run something across something so disgusting as that. I wanted to rip this dude's throat out, right? And, you know, I put it up last week, and then the guy kind of retaliated this week in some form or fashion. And I said, let me put it up again because I want people to realize what kind of piece of shit this guy is. I don't know how else but to say it, right? This is like, what kind of piece of shit's watch him? Like, Has Kevin thing? Nash like, seen this? I don't think so. Um, I don't think he I think he would, honestly, I think he would have said, as a parent, we'll take away his WWE, we'll take away Magic Mike, everything. As a parent, I would have said something. If I don't think he saw it. I, no, you did. don't. You don't. Listen to me. No, no offense or anything, but you just don't know Kevin Nash like I know Kevin Nash. When Kevin Nash hears that, there, there's going to be some kind of retaliation. What? What was said? What was said? If Kevin Nash there, actually heard this, there would have been a hole in his head. No, when when he hears it, as soon as he hears it, there's going to be a retaliation. No, as there as that is entitled and should be on some real shit. That was, and the worst part about it is, I was saying it last week. They have that. I think my son's glamming me. Was every time someone would donate money, that that phrase, that catchphrase, would be shot out, and I never knew what that was because that was my first time seeing that, and I was just like. That's wow. disgusting. Oh my God. I think my son's glamming me. That's where that came from? No. No, wow. that's too far. That's too far. That's, I'm going to make it my own personal right mission to that's make this. Uh, you asking for the death card. I want to make this kid famous, right? He wants to be famous. Let's make him famous for the right reasons. But speaking of that, Buff, um, I know you're friends with Kevin or were friends with Kevin. Um, yes. When his son passed away, what were your thoughts, and did you reach out to Kevin at all? Absolutely. I, you know, of course, I knew everybody was going to be blowing Kevin up, of course, because so many people love and respect Kevin Nash. But, um, you know, me and Kevin actually go back from Atlanta Boys before the wrestling. You know, we both at, you know, I'm about 10 years younger than Kevin, but in, in, in the world of wrestling, that don't really mean anything. So it was, but in Atlanta, you know, Kevin was the big, you know, badass, cool bouncer in all of the top clubs. And I was the 19, 20 year old with a fake ID getting into all the cool clubs. And, and, you know, and me and Kevin were good friends. And um, then we both got into wrestling. I got into rinky dink, you know, independent pro wrestling to start. And he got into WCW to start. And because of his size and his and his ability, and um, and so yeah, but we got in at the same exact time, and um, so but Kevin and me are really super good friends, and but I, I didn't reach out to him right away because I just knew he was getting 
bombarded. But we did speak after, you know, after a couple of weeks, I waited and, um, and did my respect, you know, respect phone call and just made sure he knew I cared about him. But at the same time, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was in correlation with Scott Hall's birthday. The death. Yeah. Okay. It was like a, it was like the, almost the same day, a year apart or something crazy. So it was like a double whammy for Kev with the Scott Hall losing him and his son. It was a, it was crazy, but I, I just hated that for Kevin. He was, you know, I always, I remember Kevin when he, when Tristan was born, you know, and it was just a cool name, the Tristan word. And, you know, um, the uh, Legends of the Fall, you know, that was Brad Pitt's name, Tristan. Brad Pitt's character is my favorite. <laughs> oh, my God. And any, any, anybody, that Brad Pitt, that was one of his coolest, you know, roles. And he was super Maybe good looking. Maybe that's why I became a sucker for long hair. That's why I like <laughs> long hair so much. It was because of Tristan's character. <laughs> Absolutely. So he had one of the coolest names in the world. And. Kevin knew it was a cool name and a and a great kid and all that. So I, I hated that for Kev bad. Um, but uh, yeah, to hear what just happened a minute ago, I really thought just for a second, I thought that I was, I mean, I knew what podcast I was going on, but I still was a little confused what was happening. And I'm like, Kevin's going to kill me for being on this show. Well, I got to be honest. I'm thinking to myself, Buff's going to see this, and he thinks that we think it's funny. He's going to just That's disconnect. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, but he he knows me. I, we know each other. And I'm like, he knows me better than that. He'll hang in there. He'll get his explanation. You know what I mean? I did. So, I done. Moving um, on. And we know that, that we, like, shit, we like blowing up assholes. We love exposing mo assholes. Moving on. The shit on the airplane. I got a story for that one, too. A good one. Well, let's hear it. Go for it. Scott Norton, one time in Japan, tore his quad muscle. And we are 17-hour flight away from the United States in Tokyo, Japan. And on the flight home, Scott had to take a dump, and he's got a tour quad. So, pitcher tour quad you can't bend your leg at all they had to keep the door open and scott <gasps> norton had to take a shit on the airplane and the flight attendants going around having to spray the air and the whole plane knew scott norton oh, stuck it up oh, oh no, i no, love no, scott no, norton no. to death but i had to tell that story it was such a great story and it's, it's a story that scott tells but it's not like he's embarrassed about it. It's, it happened, right. and it's the truth. It's all It takes away the fun of a fucking Mile High Club. <laughs> no joke. But, yeah, but, I, I mean, they the lady went through spraying and all that. I felt so sorry for Scott because he's a real teddy bear, and he was so embarrassed about it, you know. But, I mean, when you got to go, you got to go. I think I think when it comes to a point, you weigh in, like, shitting in your pants or letting everybody see you taking a shit. We'll go with let everybody see you taking a shit. I mean, not oh, to dumb yeah. this down. Sure. Hands Absolutely. down. But I, I shit flowers. But I clean. <laughs> well, of course. You, Buff, you don't even know what you're in for. It, don't worry. This just started. My Trust smells me. like daisies. <laughs> you got to stop bringing all these good-looking men on here. I know. He <laughs> said I need to go for an older man. 
I don't think. How I'm... old are you? How old do I look? Uh oh. Uh oh. I mean, this really doesn't fucking help. Like, I was going for like this witchy, like rundown look. I was but... about to say, you sure you want me to answer that? No, you look great. I, I'm going by the way you're acting and your age. You're, I think you're very. I think you're young. I think you're 35, 36. I just turned 36. Give me you something. You hit the nail on the head. Buff noses, buff though, knows his like women. He knows his women. Buff Absolutely, women. I know my women. And Buff, check it out. I know you've got a girlfriend, but just so you know, Danny, I <gasps> wanted to know if he was single. I said he's single with a girlfriend, so there is a chance that. <laughs> There's sure. no ring. They got no rings. My wife, I'm not That's doing the sister no wife part again. <laughs> buff, Every last guy. night. But last night, Sting announced that he's finally going to retire. Um, did you hear the whole speech? I did not. I was sleeping because I'm old. He said my name. So share your thoughts about Sting, what he meant to the industry, and what he meant to you. Man, Sting, brother, is, to me, first of all, is, is everything. Um, I came into WCW as the rookie by the minimum of any wrestler nine years, which was Scott Steiner. And so you're talking about youngest in the company by nine years. And, um, and Sting being that 10, 11 older than me years, um, you know, it was just taboo for him to be hanging out with Marcus Alexander Bagwell. But we just clicked and and you know the rookie and being a pretty boy and and all that stuff that don't you know that that don't get over too much in a in a, in a pro wrestling locker room, but once Sting took me in, it's like all the boys then accepted me. So it was a big deal um, uh, when he first accepted me to get me into the into the business, and he really vouched for me, and and we just really clicked. And last night. When I'm watching him on TV, we had talked about two days ago and just got caught up a little bit. And I was telling him about my sobriety thing and um, being 14 months sober and all that stuff. And thanks. Thanks a lot. And uh, and he knew he knew about it, but not we hadn't really really got caught up. And then a day later, he's on AEW and my phone's been lit up all day about him saying he, he kind of gave a speech and brought up, you know, hit the old running guys, which was. Luger, me, and the Steiner boys, that was the car. That was the, that was the group, was the Steiners, Steiners, Sting, Lex, and Bagwell were always together. The industry, as far as Sting goes, is just, like I said, I mean, it, it, it speaks for itself. I mean, he's just so over, so popular. Uh, he's a great guy. Couldn't be. I couldn't be more proud of him. Uh, I, I remember him always wondering about all these older guys, and he made it. Made a. Uh, he went and talked about it last night about how the older guys. He kept wondering why they kept wanting to come back, and and last night he he, he talked about that. How he gets it now by seeing why they want to keep coming back, and because they don't want to let it go, and. And, and it's still a lot of fun for him. And, and Sting can still wrestle. He's still healthy. He still looks great. So 
you know, I just think it's, he's just a great guy. He's one of the best in the industry. He's respected throughout. He just class, class act through and through. And I love Steve Borden. Now, I have a question. I always have questions, but... So you said it's, it, even though when they're, they're done and over with, they still keep coming back. I've noticed that because, like, even, like, The Undertaker has been, like, he was on NXT and everything. What is that drive to make someone who's kind of like, all right, I'm going to let this generation have their turn. I paved the way. What, what keeps you wanting it to come back? I mean, you guys take a brutal hit, like... Physically, mentally, emotionally, family dynamics. Like, what makes you want to just keep going back into that ring, even when maybe it's a nice, let me, let me take a, a nice little Florida cruise to the Bahamas. It's my retirement. Like, what makes you keep going? I think it starts off with the cruise to the Bahama kind of thing. And, and then what happened to me was, as you look at the TV and – you don't see anybody that's really stepped up and took your place. And so it hasn't passed you. Uh, so like, I, a like a legacy. Like a legacy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I unfortunately kind of got out of the business not on, at a very young age by, by, getting, by, by something that was never going to happen. WCW was never going to merge with the WWF ever and that is now what's the wwe but you're too you're too young to know that probably but the wwf I know, the WWE, wait 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 what what was triple h was in wasn't he in wcw what was that, yes, that what was that no generation? that was wwf but he was, was in wcw yeah as Ernest hemsley he was he was wcw and so was so was mankind. He was Cactus Jack. So was Kevin Nash. He was Kevin Nash in WCW. He uh, so was Undertaker. He was Mean Mark Callis. I do remember so the WC Undertaker and Kane. I actually had the privilege to meet Kane. He was a very nice man. <laughs> I, from what he played on television to what I met, I was like, this is, this is 260, like this little 360 going on here, like. But no, it, I definitely see that too. Like there are big shoes to fill with certain characters. Like you can't have another Undertaker. You can't have, I mean, maybe Austin Theory could be like the next John Cena. I can kind of see that. Um, I even But what you're saying, like right like there, what Rock. you're saying is, is they're few and far between. Those Austin Theories. It's very, very those limited. Seth Rollinses, those Austin Theories and those Seth Rollinses are few and far between, bro. They're just few and far between. So when they get out of it, a lot of people don't get that void filled like a Cena or a Rock or a Austin or a Sting or a Luger, and it just don't get filled. So it just leaves them like, let's go back. I mean, you know, let's try it again because nobody else filled those shoes. So let me go back and get a payday. Well, even like Edge, like Edge, I – one, he was so humble to me when I met him two years ago at WrestleMania. And, like, just to even see him switch to AEW, I'm still like, dude, dude's got it. I mean, I watched I watched him on, like, the Viking series and stuff. So I was like, oh, isn't that a wrestler? I know who that is. But, like, it's definitely, you can see why. But I wanted a better understanding is, like, 
it, it's it's like a father with its offspring. There is no one good enough to carry on my legacy, so I'm going to stay here until I croak over. And there I, you go. I, I like it. You got to so, be yeah, one, I'm real, one real proud of staying. I'm I'm real proud of Sting, and just he's just had a hell of a career. So, and he just does he just does so many signings and does so does so well with that. And um, you know, uh, Sting really, and even in the heyday of WCW and, and Nitro and all that, you know, Sting and I were the only two wrestlers to do the WCW ride the whole way. The only two. Everybody else went back and forth and was at the WWF that came back, you know, so, but me and Sting did the full 11 year ride at WCW. And to my knowledge, we're the only two that did. And uh, so we got really close during all that. And then the old, and then what I'll say in a minute ago is the unheard of and the impossible happened, which was the WWF merged with WCW and it ended my career. <clears throat> I feel like Rhea, Rhea, uh, Rhea Ripley is giving me a little bit of a female sting right there. Is it just me? Really? Am I seeing that? I feel like she is. I feel like she's like the female. Yeah, girl. she's. I'm, yeah, not a, she's I'm really... new to this world, but what I what I see as an outsider looking in, not really pre-exposed too much. I feel like I can see that. I had a. <laughs> I like it. But no, it's, I definitely, I definitely can. I, I love the fact that if you still have it in you and you still have the drive and you still have the fan base, keep going. Keep going until you're right. naked out. Keep Absolutely. going. Ride that. Because honestly, it's you're still wanted. And even if you look at the age range that is going on like AEW and WWE, it is shit. When I met Austin Theory, he was like 21, 22. And then you have edge and undertake undertaker going on nxt and everything else it's like if you still have it and it's still you, the audience is still wanting it and you i feel like it's what drives you guys too is the want sure. and the need you know what i mean so it's like keep doing it and i i commend sure. anyone that keeps going because it is when you know you have that niche because you know you got that niche i i can <laughs> see you got <laughs> you you it's a hard shoes to fill you left your fingerprint so it's like who else can really put their hand where mine has been placed that's how i, I like it. it i like it it's a you gotta stop stop zooming on his face Whew, you got a girlfriend actually no you're easy target but so, <laughs> i gotta ask you something I gotta ask you about Miss Judy Bagwell, your mother. How was your relationship with Miss Judy Bagwell? Well, Miss Judy Bagwell passed a couple years ago, but she was man, she was a fantastic woman. I still get asked to this day. I was in New York Comic Con this past weekend, and I still get asked, "Was that your? Was that really your mother?" Because nobody really believes with TV; they think it's. Some kind of magic show. They, you know, they but, think it's make believe. But, Sometimes they think it's just a sure, script. Sure, but that was my mom. She was, you know, fifty something years old, taking diamond cutters from, you know, <laughs> uh, from Dallas, and there she is. And and she was one half. If you lower that picture, she's got a tag team belt on right in that picture. She was one Hell half yeah. of the world tag team Woo. champions. Her and Rick Steiner were the world tag team champions. It's crazy. 
That's insane. And right there, that's probably what also keeps you going. You come from a legacy. Yes. You gotta yes. keep this bloodline go keep this bloodline going. <laughs> Makes Very you want to get back in the ring. That's what I love about when I when I got introduced to the wrestling world, I will say it is fundamentally a lot of family base. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's it's just like it's like rooted in your blood. It's it's genetically imprinted, you know? I mean, I hate saying this, but like Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, like it's it's rooted. You got the bloodline, all of them, like it's just rooted and you just have that passion and that drive to just keep it going for generation upon generation upon generation. And that honestly is one of the coolest things that I've found being new to this whole wrestling world is that it is so family based and it goes longer than you can ever expect it to my mother yes. my mother's mother and my father and i love that so it's also yes. good because I, I, like, I was looking it up i didn't know dude i was looking at clips i was like is that his mom for real yeah or not i don't know <laughs> so i yep, that's that was her though. Rick Steiner's who came up with that storyline. It was, uh, I broke my neck in Columbia, South Carolina, was paralyzed in the ring uh, for like eight minutes, uh, get to this, get to the uh, hospital and find out it's just, when I broke my neck, I bruised my spinal cord, which makes you feel like you're 100% paralyzed. Eight minutes later, I'm taped to the board, I can't move. But when we came back to Columbia, South Carolina, it was Rick's idea because I, my parents were devastated that I was going to be a bad guy. Uh, you know, I could have I like been heels. probably. I'm a heel. <laughs> well, you know, the problem with it was, is I got 10,000 letters of people genuinely caring about me being injured in the ring and fighter pilots that it would touch my, they were touch my picture before going out to battle and, just the letters poured in, and then when I turned bad, it it was it was borderline. It was like whoa, that was almost too much. I mean, my parents were upset about it because of now, the fan mail and stuff. So it was big. Do you think that you, Eric do you regret that all bringing your mom into this world? Oh no! Well, I see again. It was Rick that his idea, but I thought it oh. was it was fantastic. It was a really really great idea. And it really worked. She was she got very over, very popular, very quick. It was really cool. Buff, speaking of Rick, last year, Rick um, at WrestleCon went on a tirade <sighs> against transgender wrestler Giselle yeah. Shaw. I know you're friends with the Steiners. Could you share your <clears throat> thoughts about that situation and uh, the backlash that Rick got for his... Uh, words against Giselle Shaw? You know, those kind of situations, man, I, I wasn't there. I do know, I mean, I was there, I was in LA at WrestleCon doing a signing, but not in the same room. The, the stuff I got from it was, uh, and again, mine's only an opinion because of, I didn't hear, I didn't see it with my own eyes. And man, my father taught me at a very young age, believe nothing you hear and only half of what you see. And I did not hear it, but I did have a guy that was sitting in the same area as Rick 
that said whoever the person was, the transgender person that was really messing with Rick. Now that don't make it better for what he said or didn't say, but I did hear that the transgender person was really like agging it on and walking by and, you know, making some gestures and stuff. So, you know, I, you know, so there's always two sides to every story, but you know, well, it's pretty vocal, but yeah, exactly. Well, we it's it's his story, their story, and then the truth. The <laughs> You're exactly right. His, hers, and the actual truth. So, yeah, so I don't know. I didn't see it with my own eyes. I didn't hear it. But, but you know, I, you know I, I've got myself in a mess like that, too, by speaking too soon. And But I did hear the person was kind of, you know, baiting Rick. And I don't know if that's true either, but that's what I heard. Look, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I, I, I've heard that you're, you're pretty um, social or, or, or loud about supporting the LGBTQ community. Um, what made you get into supporting this group? It was more. It was more just the person that I was, my agent at the time was a guy named Michael Long. And it was more just where I was, I was really kind of lost with my injury. And, you know, and it was more just, I spoke up the, the truth being, I want everybody, Buck was for everybody is what the shirt we made. And it was because I just want, I think everybody deserves to say whatever they want and, and be part of whatever they truly believe in. I just can't imagine feeling the way and not being able to express it. So on a couple of podcasts, I, I said that, and I was like, look, man, I want everybody to be happy and be able to say whatever they want to say. And so the LGBTQ you know, Q thing, it just kind of took off and, and was like, I was almost like a, you know, a torch carrier for the group. And, um, and it wasn't quite like that, but I just more was just like, you know, man, just let them, whoever wants to say what they want to say, let them, let them be heard, you know, let them be heard and, and respect them. That's honestly a commendable thing, because I'll tell you right now, when everyone thought I was a transgender woman, even though I have been born a woman, I have birthed three beautiful children in my life, it's, any, the wrestling world could be really cruel if they even question sure. you being trans or gay. Like, I got so many death threats, and I'm like... Well, I'm really a woman, but they're like, oh, you're a chick with a dick. And it's like, oh, my God, like, they're out to get me. <laughs> like, right. it's, honestly, it's scary. It's really scary. And that's when sure. someone with a platform that has a voice to say something, especially with no attachments to it whatsoever, that really stands firm with really saying, hey, listen, if I don't care, why should you care? Yeah, right. Let you it be what it be. But... I look at it this way too, Buff. You were you you're a Southern guy, right? You were born a Southern man. The thought process, mm -hmm. I'm assuming, from coming from your father, um, was quite a bit different back then. How do you make that change, right? Because, you know, you've been taught differently. I'm assuming, right? Absolutely. I mean, even even I mean, even is even with the N word, bro. I mean, you know, that's something that was, you know, that. We had friends that were black that used the N word, you know, with with us, and it was okay. And now that's taboo. So I'm a 53 year old man. Like and you're exactly right. My father raised us, you know, that word wasn't bad, but he also raised us 
that there was white N-words and black N-words. That N-word meant trash on the way my father raised me. So there was there's white trash and there's black trash. And so we were taught lessons and rules, even though it was a Southern-based family, it still made sense to me. And it kind of makes sense to this day of the N-word being trash, not really what people think it means. It's, it could be white trash or black trash. It's a person that is I think, a trashy I think, person. I think it's not, because I'm, I'm biracial. I'm, my father's black, my mother's white. And my go. grandmother, God rest her soul, racist says hell. She used to tell her friends <laughs> I was half Spanish because it was better to be half Spanish than half black. That's what Absolutely. she used to tell the girlfriend. And I, I think with me, I am so light skinned that even like having hair like this, I get looked at and I get, you know, ridiculed with things. It's not about what is said. You can say anything the nastiest way, but I have actually been called a polite cunt, but at least I was polite. Wow. So it's, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So it's, you know what I mean? And by the way, I got called a polite cunt by uh, the New York Yankees daughter when I worked at a when I worked at a high end restaurant because I didn't get her her section the right way. But I, I told my boss, I said, well, at least she said I was polite. It's not what yes. you say, it's how you said it. I said everything I needed to say, but I said it politely. So that's why I think it is, even with the derogatory terms. There are certain people I will look at sideways and I'd be like, I know you did not just say that. That's that <laughs> ethnic roots in me coming out. And then there's some people I'm like, there's no ill will. There's no hatred on your heart. When you're using the same, you can say the same exact sentence as that person, but you have to determine about the delivery. What sure. is the delivery? It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And that's my you're personal right. opinion, coming from an ethnic background. That's a good one. Buffy, you're getting a life lesson, buddy. You didn't know you come on the show, you're going to get a life lesson, pal. I love it. <laughs> I'll give you more lessons. I'll give you your first queef lesson, too. Oh, boy. That's what I hear. That's what I mean. I mean, I've, I've already learned. I've already I mean, I haven't done one in a while. I got, listen, I need a manscape. I got cobwebs down here. This shit's fucking rude. <laughs> fucking dust the, dust, dust the shit off. I am too young to be doing cobwebs. Buff. Nothing like, made you know me. What they say, a woman. Oh, we'll get her to we'll get her to quiet down a minute. Too much good fucking <laughs> wine, I think. Um, I mean, you know what a big fan I am of you as a person, and yes. um, we are big fans of intestinal fortitude. Um, number one, I want you to probably tell the family out there how does a man who's in such great shape like yourself, even way back fall into drugs, and then more importantly, where do you get the intestinal fortitude to pull yourself out that you don't become part of the equation? That's a great question and said perfectly. Um, you know, the how you get into it is the your surroundings. Your, who you're around is such a big part of what what happens in your life and with wrestling i mean look at how many guys have overdosed and died it's just drugs is unfortunately a huge part of pro wrestling it was just in every locker room i mean 
you could have an Advil bottle, and a lot of wrestlers would do this as a joke, and you could drop an Advil bottle on a floor in a locker room, and the pill bottle sound of the Advil bottle hitting the ground, every pro wrestler turned around to that bottle because they were all some form of pill hit. So it just was a, it was just a real nasty injury. Our industry was year round. Um, if we didn't work, we didn't get paid. We didn't have health insurance. Um, it was the nastiest, highest paying professional job on the planet. And it just, it's just the way it was. Um, it just, you know, it just was a, a, a drug-filled industry, and it was in every door, every locker room, it was there. And again, you know, you don't have to take it. Nobody was forcing it down your throat. But it just becomes part of life to where I remember, like it was yesterday, a beer before 6 p.m. was taboo. And then one day it was open my eyes and turn to the phone and order a six pack of Coors Light to the room at 10 o'clock in the eight o'clock in the morning. So it just, it's one of those things that if you just don't stay on it, no different than sobriety, no different than one day at a time, no different than staying in the rooms of AA. When you get out of those rooms, you relapse. If you don't stay on your body to stay in shape, you're not going to stay in shape. If you don't stay on your body, to stay sober, you're not going to stay sober. And I let my guard down thinking I would never be like one of those guys and be a pill head or alcoholic. And all of a sudden, I found myself being out of the bed, taking pills and drinking beer and being a functioning addict for, for 10 years. And I lost... I lost 20 years. I didn't lose 20 years with a needle in my arm in the, in the, you know, in the alley, but I lost 20 years sedated. Um, I mean, I really did. I mean, I, there's things that happened that through being sedated, it just, I mean, it just went by. I lost 20 years, bro. And the key to, Getting out of that hole is, is again, is your people around you. Dallas Page and my niece came to me and interventioned on me at a time that I'd had my car wreck in 2020 and I'd finally hurt myself. I had a, I ruined my right knee and I had finally done something with my addiction that finally left a dent and it was a bad dent and I couldn't fix it. And so I turned to alcohol, which I'd never turned to alcohol. I turned to alcohol and, and cause it was easy. It was quick and alcohol is where I went. And so when I went to rehab, Dallas and my niece, Jana were the intervention on me to come in and, and to get me clean, but I was ready to get clean. So I went, it was uh, August of 2022, uh, and I just, this past August of 23 was my first year of sobriety. So I'm 14 months sober to, you know, 14 Woo! months sober now. I got wow. to commend that. 
but but I will tell you, I will tell you, I can I can truthfully tell you, I am sober enough that at a year is a perfect time to see whether or not you like being sober or you don't. You've got a real good judgment to say, you know, I'm just been a year sober. I'm good, clear minded, and you know. I don't like this. I'm gonna go back the other way, or See, like and what I happened to, to me. I agree with him on that. I really do. But at, but at, at my at I, my year, I'll have a glass of I'll have a glass of wine or two. But I I I've, I've indulged in partying. I'm not. I'm no saint. I'm no saint whatsoever. And I don't know if you know my background. I I dated a WWE wrestler. I was that was my way into the world of wrestling. And I was going to ask you, what would you say to someone like my ex? My ex, I felt you get so sucked in. And especially if you have that addictive personality. I do oh, yeah. feel when you have that addictive personality, you sponge everything and anything that you can absorb to just get through. You guys are working five, six, seven days a week. You're either flying, driving, you literally don't have a life. And yes, it's working. If you don't work, you don't get paid. So, mm -hmm. and the more that you're on, you're on, the more that you're going to move up. But yeah. it's who you surround yourself by. I have indulged in partying and I'm one of those people. It's like, I have work this week. I'm done. And some people don't know how to say, no, I want another one. And right. I want another one. And it's like, but what would you say to even like some of these wrestlers, whether they've been let go or they could potentially fall down that path of like, hey, been there, done that. It's not worth it. It's a nice high. But guess what? Just like every drug, the come down fucking sucks. Like, yeah, and the truth is you're, you're exactly right. And it's just what I would say to them is like, even if you look, no matter how you look at it, if you go the money route, if I could just add up how much alcohol, how much money I spent on alcohol and prescription pills. Well, not even just you spending. Let's oh be fair. I've watched fans. WrestleMania was insane. And I'm not just talking about with my ex. I watched people, let me buy you a drink. With I'm not going to name names of who I was hanging out with or chatting with. Just people just here, 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 here. And showing, and it's out of love, but it's like, how do you say no to someone who adores you or appreciates you that is handing you a shot or handing you a beer or let's go to the back room and do some rails? Like, like how do you say no when it's? Oh, I know it's it's tough, and that's a, a place of love, you know. It's tough, and I was right there, right in the middle of it. I mean. I put on a character named Buff Bagwell on TV and everybody didn't want to, they didn't want to party with Marcus. They wanted to party with Buff Bagwells. Let's party, bro. You know? And so it was, the drinks were lined up. And like you said, any room, any party you wanted to go to, I could have gone to is the Coke party, the bill party, party, any pot party, any party I wanted to go to, I could go. Well, Buff, I think also you, start to believe in the character, right? Because just like any human being, you love the admiration and you love the love that you're getting and you associate that with the things that you're doing. 
So how do you break away from that? I mean, I guess the reason I'm asking these questions or we're asking these questions because it does take an incredible human being not just to get off of what's happening as far as the drugs go, but also to get away from being in love with being loved. How do you do that? It's like a stripper. It's like a stripper. You got to leave the stripper out the door and the stage name at the stage. (laughs) I think it just comes. You got to stop the hustle at the door. I think it just comes. It comes a time that just I was just I was just tired, and I think that's what mostly happens. Is I at a year end of sobriety, I just saw that I had a much better year being sober than I did the previous twenty years drinking and, and taking pills. So I just think. Oh, Dad! That, yeah, that's a non-drinking person right there. <laughs> that's a that. Hello. I mean, you age like a fine wine. Don't get it. No, listen, I'll cheers to you. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. So I do I'm think. Now, I do think. I do think damn. it's simply just being, just being tired of it, bro. Being tired of the chase. Being tired of your prescriptions, and it's it's a freedom to not having to worry about am I taking these pills and when can I get them filled again? And the holiday, the the pharmacies close. That twenty years of that battle. To be truly clean is a freedom. Is a freedom from not having to worry about when can I get this pill filled again? And is it Sunday? Do they serve alcohol in this town? Is this a is this a dry town or not? I mean, mm. it just was a constant, constant battle, man. And that's over. And I love it. Well, you're one of the good guys, so I'm yeah, seriously, I'm you are extremely proud of you and happy for you uh god bless on the other end crying one oh she's gonna cry it's every show no i said every show because no it's it one it's it's a vulnerability just to admit that you have your demons we all have our demons and you seeing the consequences of your actions and your behaviors and it is hard to honestly almost step out of your body and be like you know what i don't like this I don't like right. you. I don't like what I'm doing. And it's hard. It's hard to self-reflect and be like, and that's one of the biggest things. I will say, um, I still like to have fun. Don't get it twisted. But I've stepped back out of my social life. And then I'm like, I've calmed down with my drinking. I've calmed down with things. And I'm just like, I can't fucking stand you people. How did I hang out with you for how many years? Like. You know what? You're in that little. I that think little I'm going to keep you away from Buff. I've made that decision at this point. And this, and this, I'm keeping you away from him. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Do you live in Florida or Georgia? Georgia. Oh, no. No, six hours. <laughs> dude, I don't know. I, I'm trying to. St- One thing okay. I have to ask you, dude, last time you were in here, and we just touched on it, but I. Listen, I marked out for it. When you showed up on Gigolos, dude, I was like, holy shit, that's Buff Bagwell. Wait, 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 wait. How does it happen? And number two, was it a work or were you really gigoloing? You were it's, a gigolo? It's, it's, it's a shoot. It's a shoot. Uh, wow. I work for a company called Cowboys for Angels. And um, I was married at the time. I was married, so TMZ... I was trying to, I mean, I was married and thinking and trying to make money. We were, my, me and my wife were broke. 
I needed money. So I got, I got, I got this company called me up gigolos and they paid me $25,000 to go on this show. I needed the money. So I went on it, but the actual company is called Cowboys, the number four angels. And you could hire me for a date. You could hire me for a week or you could hire me for a month. That was, it was basically crazy... your generation's only fans, basically. <laughs> Absolutely. You're exactly right. It was your generation's exactly only was. fans. It was basically yes. only fans nowadays. Yeah. So TMZ is doing my story and I'm trying to, he goes, how can you be married and be a gigolo? And I'm trying to explain it like I go, look, you know, Showtime, it's, it's like a movie. I said, like when, when Tom Cruise, you know, has sex with somebody on, on a movie, it's a movie. It's not real. And so T Showtime calls me up and goes, look, Bagwell, you can't tell people it's not real. You know, are you kidding? So, so I couldn't do that anymore. I was trying to protect the right of I'm married and a, a person may hire me to go on a date. They may hire me to go uh, to a movie. It don't say anywhere you got to have sex. It was a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's not a contract saying you got to have sex. They were hiring me for a date. They were hiring me to take me to a, um, I, I went to Paris with, with a guy and, and chick that was, that was for $15,000 for three days. Nice. So, Hell you know, yeah. and, we, and we just hung out, we just hung out. So, you know, it's just, it was just a crazy time. It happened. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, anything I've ever done in life, I don't, uh, it doesn't like, I'm not like, I wish I could do that over. I would never you say I didn't want to do that. It's, I don't, there you go. That's the word I was looking for. I don't regret it at all. Um, I did it and I, I made the decision and we did it. So, but at the time of making that decision, it was swayed a little bit because of my financial situation. But, um, but at the same time, it's, it's one that, you know, I just don't regret. It happened and um, it was, it, it, it saved my house at the time. It saved, it paid the bills and it, and it paid the way. So it, um, it worked. And for that time period, it, it, it filled the void of what I needed. So. Um, very, I'm going to call cool. you Richard Gear for now on. He is now officially Richard Gear. <laughs> I oh, love Gere. Richard Gear. I ain't that. I ain't that young. I know. <laughs> yes, officer and a gentleman. You're my Richard Gear. You got the salt and pepper going on too. Yes. <laughs> well, if I got, I gotta get, I gotta make sure she doesn't find where you live, man. We're gonna have problems. Well, <laughs> okay. One, one. You know I'm gonna ask. Go ahead. What is the one thing you're the most proud of? The one thing I'm most proud of? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, that's a tough one, but I, I, mean, I know in, in it's the my business, favorite question to ask people because I'm the softy, I'm the sentimental one. In professional wrestling, too, it's easy. <laughs> in professional wrestling, it's easy. I am. To my knowledge, I am one of only two pro wrestlers in the history of pro wrestling to have five world, have more than five or more world tag team titles with four different people. It's me and Ricky Steamboat, and that's it. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good tight knit group that have multiple tag teams with four different people. So that's the most proud thing I am. That one thing alone should be enough well, to get in the WWE Hall of Fame. That's 
That's correct. In real life, in real life, um, I would say my sobriety. I'd say this this fourteen months. I was I is was probably the proudest thing. That you I've were going to say that. I was like, I feel yeah. he's going to be so proud of his sobriety. Oh, absolutely! This, this really, fourteen really months, I was really ready to get sober. So, I, I, I'd be lying to say it's hard. It was hard. It, it, it was. It wasn't that it was. It was hard. It just. It just took. It just took. A, it just took a lot of, of of time to really focus in on, on really what I was doing it for. But when I really got to Black Bear and I just really took it in. It, it just really went, it went really, it was just all meant to be. I think I had a lot to do with my age. You know, I'm, I'm 53 years old, man. It's just, it was just time uh, just to. Like to I focus. said, you're like a good bottle of wine. Can you stop throwing your age out there like that? I will flush <laughs> <laughs> it up. <laughs> I love it. I like seasoning my food. I love salt and pepper. <laughs> the same. Buff, I got I got to tell you you should be very proud of the man that you are and and what you've accomplished. It was no small feat. Um you got tons to be proud of. Um I'm a huge fan. You've always been a gentleman. Um He's been talking about you all week to me, like all week. Cuz he's a good oh guy. Jesus. I appreciate he's, it. He's a he's a he's a he's good a man. He's, oh my god, I can't wait for you to meet him. I'm like Okay, I gotta Google him. I don't know these. I'm, I'm not. I don't know everyone. I gotta Google him. Well, I was kind of hoping okay. I was gonna love him. He loves you, and he was making me love you. And now I saw you, and I was like, I love it. All right, Buff, I, I want to thank you for joining us. Um, Absolutely. I'm, I'm hoping to the best. Are you uh, going to any conventions soon? Are you going to be around? What do you got going on? I, I, I'm really. What I'm really doing right now is I'm really excited about. Uh, doing recovery talks. I'm doing a recover, recovery talk this weekend at uh, in Huntington, in Hunting, Huntington, uh, Tennessee, hmm. and it's a big deal. It's called Rally for Recovery, and I'm really switching my whole gear to, you know, to doing recovery speeches because there's just so many. It's just really so many people out there that don't know how to get sober, and and I've and I've been so i've been very lucky to do so with work and luck but at the same time i want to share what i've learned on getting you know getting clean and so i'm doing one this weekend in tennessee and i just really want to start doing it more and more often but the the signings i was just at new york comic-con i'm in uh, new york again at the end of the month but if you go to marcusbuffbagwell.com that's my website you can go to all my social media stuff in there. My email address is marcusbuffbagwell at gmail. And that's how you can get bookings or check, get me for bookings and things. So I stay real busy with signings and bookings and just with cameos. I stay real busy with cameos and just, just really just, I just stay busy being, you know, just being honest and sober and I love it. <laughs> Well, Listen, if your girlfriend drops the ball, I'll switch to apple sparkling apple cider or whatever. Here's my concern. Are you coming to the big event in New York? Do you know on November 11th? Do you know if you're coming to that event? No, I'm not. All right. Well, oh, for the, for the oh, first time, I'll say thank God like because <laughs> right. I don't know what I'd have to do, man. <laughs> I love it. You I love it. it. 
Buff, want to thank you again. You God bless. Wishing you the best. Hope to talk to you soon. And, you know, the one thing I'll always remember is when you were in studio with the great Del Wilkes, um, there's that connection that, you know, he passed shortly after that. So it's, yeah. I always, when I think about you, I think about Dell and I think about that, that interview we did together. So God bless you. You too. You guys have a wonderful night. It was love talking to you guys. I love it so much. Be take well, care. brother. All right. All right there, kiddo. What'd you think? The great buff Bagwell? One. I don't want to ever hear Matt Riddle talk about. <laughs> right there. He's right a, there. He's a, you said it. I, I, I really find him be one of the, a really good human being. I've had a couple of yeah, interactions yeah, with him. It's, it's really hard for someone, especially like we, alcohol, alcohol is considered a drug. It's sure. considered addictive. Sure. And some can handle it. Some can't. And it's honestly, you may have an addictive personality and may be more influenced by other people. But that's the thing is he said my reality of, I didn't like what the hell I was seeing. I didn't like who I was around. I didn't like who I was bringing into my life and what I was doing. And it gets old. Mm. It's, 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 I'm done. And that's honestly, it's a hard thing to admit. Like, hey. It's a lot of I, triggers. I though. I, I, I was thinking about that, right? And... There are a oh, lot of Oh, you know I was. I was like, God, I, this is a mentor that my ex should have used. Well, I was thinking this, actually, while this was going on, right? You know how much I like you, and I think, you know, you're a beautiful woman. And I was thinking, here's a guy, and I'm not saying him in general, but just saying in general. A guy wants to be involved with someone like yourself, right? And they want to date you, and they want that sobriety, but... You know, not saying you're a drinker or a drugger. I'm not trying to throw that out there. All I'm trying to say is you're drinking, then you feel like, well, you know, I kind of want to be with her. Or I like her, so I'm going to start drinking. There's got to be a lot of pressure there on both of no, us. No, but that's it. So I actually went on a date once, and the first date, and he said he didn't drink. He didn't say why. He actually later down at, during dinner, because I ordered a glass of wine. This was a couple years ago. He was like, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And then I slipped up because I got um, I got a, a dessert that actually had like bourbon in it. I was mm. like, oh, you should try it. He's like, no. If someone is worth it, do you really need that drink? No. Like right. I, I do have, I would say this show and I force myself socially. I used to be a very, very social person. I used to work in the nightclub industry. I used to party and drink all the time. And now, one, it's run me down so much that when I even have just a little, I'm just like, I feel like death. Like, I feel like shit the next day. I started looking at people that I used to laugh at their jokes. I used to laugh at everything they said. I used to be so involved. And then because now I'm coming in, instead of 10 drinks in, I'm now babysitting two drinks. Mm. And I'm like, I don't even like you. Why did I hang out with you so many years? Like, I can't even stand you. Because right. now you're starting to realize things and see things in a different aspect. So it's like, with me, this night, I would say probably a Friday or a Saturday night, at home, I'll have a couple glasses of wine. And I socially make myself go do an event, go do something to be outside of my house. 
but from going from a big party scene and I was, I contributed even to my ex's degeneracy. Like mm -hmm. I had an addictive personality. So when he was like, babe, let's do this. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, let's right. do it. Like I'm game, you're game. Right. Let's pull an all nighter. Like, so I do have that, but I also am the type of person who knows when to say no. I'm okay with alcohol, whatever, when you have leisure time. But I have responsibilities. I have bills to pay. I have children to take care of. That's when you have to really look at things. And some people can't say no. They can't look at their job and be like, okay, I got to be responsible. I'm going to sober up. Nope. I'm going to have another one. Or I'm going to take a pill. Or I'm going to do this. They don't know, and that's where it becomes a problem, and that's where you have to realize there's an issue because you don't know when to say no. And that's where I'm like, okay, I think I've, I, I can pat myself on the back and say, I've said no a lot. No, I wanna go home. We've had a great weekend. I'm gonna go home to the kids. I'm gonna work my weekday, mm. or I gotta get up early. This is my last glass of wine. I'm not going to just keep going. Well and, and I commend him on that. I commend him on that because he, he finally was just like, you know what? Enough's enough. And I do see a lot of these older wrestlers that by technicality, it their time has passed and they still keep going. And I commend them yeah, on that because they are I, a rare dozen. They're, I they're meant what them. I said though, right? People want to be admired. People want to be loved, right? either personal life, business life, whatever. So when you reach admiration such a level... Admiration is the biggest drug. Absolutely. Loves so when you're, when you're at that level like he was, and to be able to all of a sudden realize you're not that anymore, you know, I can understand you turn to something to help you deal with that. Life is tough. And like, this is one in my book... I'm glad you said that to him because in my book, he is one of the great guys. I always liked him. Always seemed like, a, again, I'm not trying to say I'm best friends with him. I know him very well because I don't. But for my. No, but you, you spoke highly about his demeanor and everything else before I even got to meet him. Yeah. Well, through my limited interactions with him, I think I have the propensity to understand good people. Like, I like you. I told you I like you because you're a good person. I. I think you're cool. I but think you've got a good heart. I, I, I still have my walls up, but I am a working progress of like breaking it down. And I do see your genuine. I do feel like you're a good judge of character because I tell you your enthusiasm with our guests and some of them, I don't even know. Some of them I have to like do my own research on. And then I'm, I, I feel I'm getting better at my judge of character than I once was. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like I'm, that's why I cry with some of these like people. Cause I'm just like, wow. Like mm. you can just feel their humbleness. You can feel their genuineness. Mm. You can mm. feel their, their struggles. And I came from point A to point B and yes, I have my faults and I am not a great character, but I've learned from my mistakes. And I bettered myself. And that's it's not we... what you do, it's how you do it. It's, that's what I, I loved about it. He was like, you know, I'm now, I'm trying to speak about my addiction. Like that's, that's commendable Absolutely. because it is. I've watched that. I've, I've witnessed it as a, a significant other. 
I've watched how addicting it is and I've been a participant myself. So it's like you are being thrown all these things and the temptations and whatever and it and it's like now he's 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 being wrong about it and I can really fully respect that for it. Well, life is fragile and uh again I wanna thank you again. I hope you come back next week. I hope so. I know um, you did not just say that to me. I know you did not just say I'm that. I'm just to playing me. with you. Uh, I want to remind everybody, tomorrow we have the new NWA World Heavyweight Champion, EC3 in studio at 645. And then we have our regular show Thursday. And November 11th, Miss Petro will be in New York, where we'll be at the big event at the Monty and the Faro pay, uh, table. Oh, do I get to meet the squares? You do meet to get to, well, the, maybe over the internet, but where we have no. plenty of oh. interviews after that. But you can meet Miss Petro in person at the big event in New York, uh, at the Monte DeFaro table. I want to thank you all for joining us. We love you all. We want to thank Buff Bagwell again for showing us the way to sobriety and the way that people can change their lives. This is Mike Monte. everything. And by the way, Abe, where's Jimmy? He was supposed to be here. I know. I sent him like three links, and uh, I... I... I don't know. I think I got an email. Say There's some no confusion, to some technical difficulties. You know how it goes. Say no Say to androids, no Jimmy Farrell. I'll see you guys tomorrow. I love you all. Thank you for gracing us. And again, if you can donate, please donate to uh, my beautiful Alzheimer's. niece's walk. Send us out, Daniela. Bye, guys. Love you.